Blog Talk Radio. There is a watchman on the wall, bringing forth the written word of God to one and all. Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to the watchman on the wall. Listen to the watchman on the Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Gentlemen, this is Vincent Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. Wonderful to be with you today. Trust you're having a good start to Wednesday. We call it Hump Day, right? We're having great Bible studies tonight. We have uh, Bible studies this afternoon. We have some incredible things going on right now in New Wine Ministries, uh, something that we'll talk about in just a little bit. I'm hoping today, in just a very short amount of time, Pastor Jeff Bass is going to be joining me on the air today from River of Life Ministries in Virginia. Pastor Jeff has a radio station we're going to talk about called The Lift, and it's a place that you can visit all day long for your music and some good insights in the Word of God. And uh, Pastor Jeff has been quite a brother and a friend, and he's very motivated by the Spirit of God. So we're looking forward to hearing from him today. I want to say good morning to Kevin Hauger this morning. He's with us on our chat room right now. It seems to be kind of a, a slow start <laughs> to a very, very long day, but we're looking forward to it. So I wanted to read to you out of the Gospel of John, Gospel of John, chapter 15. You've heard it a thousand times if you've been studying the word, but let's get into this again. I just felt it was so important. John chapter 15, verse 1, Jesus speaking, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. 
Now, Jesus said, you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, which means remain, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide or remain in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. And this illustration is absolutely amazing when you really step back and, you know, you go to any tree and you see a branch that is broken off the tree, right? And the branch is laying on the ground. Well, it cannot produce fruit by itself. A branch in and of itself, by itself, can do nothing but wither and die. That's all there is to it. So the, the illustration that Jesus is giving is very clear. Unless you and I remain in him and his words remain in us and his spirit and his life, there's no fruitfulness. And so here's what he said happens. In John chapter 15, verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches, he that abides in me or remains in me, and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. And again, the illustration is marvelous that if we are producing fruit because we're remaining in the vine, there are seasons in our lives where our branch is pruned back. It's purged so that it eventually will produce more fruit. We have bushes around the house, et cetera, et cetera. And when you cut them back, they are intended to produce more fruit. It's kind of like cutting our hair. And for Sister Cindy, wherever she is out in California, we love her very much, and we, she's our sister in the Lord, but we are desperate for haircuts out here in Northwest Arkansas. She's been cutting our hair since COVID-19 hit, and uh, we're getting a little wild. She's been gone for almost a month now, and um, we, need a, we need a pruning, a purging of the hairs. So, again, uh, Jesus is bringing a very serious illustration, and he says to the uh, in verse 6, if a man abide not in me, if a man does not remain in me, any person, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. Well, the word withered there is, is this an interesting word, withered. And it, it comes from a, a Greek word, which is zereino, zereino. And it means to desiccate, to shrivel, ah, to dry up, to pine away, to wither away. So very interesting word, to wither. It doesn't sound good at all. And so if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch. But here's the part people don't really talk about too much. And not only is he withered, but men gather them. You ever go out and want kindling for the fire? So you fi find all these dead, dry branches, right? And so men gather them, this is people, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Wow, that's not what God intends for our existence at all. You know that, and I know that. But Jesus said in verse 7, if you abide in me, if you remain in me, and my words remain or abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Whatever you ask for. You need deliverance today. You need healing today. You need help today. 
in some area of your life? What do you need? Well, if you're remaining in Jesus, he will always be there. He is your living God, the Savior, and you could ask him. It's when we depart from him mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, in any way. When we depart from him, we don't remain in him. We don't abide in him, okay, that we find ourselves drying up. And it's imperative that you and I have a heartbeat that says, Lord, I don't ever even want to get close to just hanging on by a thread. And so this is super important because we want to remain fresh, vital, fruitful. And the idea that we could ask God for anything, our Father for anything in Jesus' name, is, tr- is absolutely marvelous. And it says in verse 8, Jesus said, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. So Father God is glorified in our being fruit-bearing branches. And we have been grafted into the tree of life. And you and I have been set in the body of Christ. And we are supposed to be functioning at a very high rate uh, of fruitfulness. And think about it. Now, every member of your physical body, if it's not functioning in, in the highest degree, we, we call that dysfunctional. No, every member of our body should be thriving, right? And so in the spirit, we should be producing much fruit for the kingdom of heaven. And Father God is glorified when you and I are bearing much fruit. And what does that mean to bear much fruit? Is it head knowledge? Heck no. Knowledge puffs up, love edifies. We are to be producing the fruit of the spirit of God, the fruit of of the kingdom of God, we should be having our conversation ordered aright in the fruitfulness of divine grace. Our conversation is always to be seasoned with salt so that it may bring grace to the hearer, right? And our speech should always be in the realm of edification. Now, there is times to bring reproof and rebuke. As long as that reproof and rebuke are intended to produce edification, and that's what it means to prune back and to purge the branch, well, but for the body of Christ, listen to what Jesus said in verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. Abide in my love. So abiding in the vine is abiding in the love of Christ, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So Yeshua was abiding in the love of the Father. We are abiding in the love of Yeshua, the love of Christ. And then he said, these things, verse 11, have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. We were at a Bible study last night with the saints of God, and I can't even express the joyful atmosphere. Ladies and gentlemen, you step into atmospheres all the time, but when you step into a God-ordained atmosphere, and you have people gathered together, and there's genuine joy of the Lord in that place, man, it's life-giving. It is absolutely wonderful. And this is what Jesus said we can have, that if we would remain in him, he wants our joy to remain in us. 
and his joy to remain in us, that our joy might be full. In verse 12, Jesus said, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. So if you want your joy to remain and you want your joy to be full, then Christ is saying, I'm asking you to do one thing. I'm asking you to love one another as I have loved you, which simply means sacrificial love. I laid my life down for you. I demonstrated my love for you. I put you before I put myself. I'm asking you to do the same thing for one another. And greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. What did he command us? To love one another. Verse, six, uh, verse 15, henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord do- does, but I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. These things I command you that you love one another, that you love one another. So that is the word of the Lord. Today, I wanted to get into that, just kind of break bread with you in the word. Right now, I have Pastor Jeff Bass is on the line. We're going to be talking about some pretty intense things. I have a Kind of sneaky suspicion in my heart that Pastor Jeff's going to bring some deep stuff to us. Let me bring him on the air right now. Good morning, Pastor Jeff. God bless you, sir. How are you today? Good morning, Pastor Vincent. How are you doing? I'm doing great myself. Awesome. Well, I, I, I trust that you really are. And Pastor Jeff, just for a brief moment, uh, tell us a little bit about your ministry. I know it's River of Life Ministries, and I know that you have a, a, a lift um, radio station that I believe is uh, pretty close to 24-7. Tell us a little bit about your ministry, what you're doing right now, and let's get into a little interview. Okay. Hey, first of all, I just want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to be on today. It's really a, a pleasure, a privilege, and an honor, and I'm humbled to be a part of this broadcast. Um, basically, my wife and I pastor a church here about 25 miles west of the Washington, D.C. area is the River Christian Center. And um, collectively, we've been pastoring for over 25 years. Um, That's, you know, I mean, I could go more about the church, but also you mentioned about the the radio station. My background is in uh, broadcast journalism. I have a degree in broadcast journalism from Troy University for before I started pastoring. Back in the day, as they say, uh, I was a radio announcer for uh, 15 years. So I know about the media and everything like that, but it it was always my dream, even when I was in the world, to to start or own my own radio station. And unfortunately, or I guess you could say fortunately, I didn't do it in the world, but uh, after I got saved, I was blessed to start. Uh, an online Christian radio station, which is called The Lift, where we're lifting up Jesus Christ 24-7. That's kind of our catchphrase or our tagline. And uh, The Lift Media Network is uh, three, it'll be three years old this coming November. 
And basically, we uh, our our mission is, of course, the Great Commission to uh, take the gospel to the ends of the earth, you know, and uh, like Matthew 28, rather, but also to provide a platform for for many ministries who aren't mega ministries or well known to give them a platform to take their message uh, to you know to the world because uh, it it costs a lot of money as you you well know <laughs> to do what we do but I, I I try to do it at a cost effective uh, opportunity for those who have a message because there are a lot of people who have a message who who don't have the name brand yet or. Or, or they're not known. That's not putting them down, but they just they they haven't been exposed. So we want to give them that that opportunity and that exposure to do that. Whether they have uh, a talk show or or a teaching ministry or whatever, we just want to provide them with the platform, you know, to 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 be able to get their message out. And we try to do that through the three M's: the message, the ministry, and the music. So that's kind of a little overview of of about the ministry and the radio station. All right. So, and I want to bring a lot of attention to the lift because people 24 seven could go on there and I, I want them to experience what God has put in your heart. And uh, this again is just available uh, Christian media music, the message, the word of God, and it's got a pure flow coming through it, which is super important. I believe that with all of my heart. And so um, I want the people that are tuning in right now to write it down, The Lift, and they could just go to thelift.com. Is that where you get uh, online there? Well, no. uh, I mean, as far as the uh, uh, website, the easy way to get there is, of course, the www.liftchristeither.com or .org. So it's liftchrist.com or .org. All right, WW. Very good. So lift Christ. Write that down, Saints. Liftchrist.com or liftchrist.org. Pastor Jeff Bass, 24-7 uh, radio station. So we want to check that out. We love the music. I bet it's some really good music, by the way. And uh, what a great way to just kind of drive down the road here. Good word, good worship, and good music. Pastor Jeff, you said you've been a pastor at the River Christian Center for 25 years. You're 25 miles outside of D.C. We've actually stayed in your part of the uh, that area uh, twice as we have been visiting Washington, D.C., and we love taking the little train into uh, right into Washington, D.C. It's a, it's a beautiful little trip. And uh, you've been pastoring for 25 years, and recently, in the last couple of years, you've become extremely tuned in to what's going on in our world today, in our country today. And God has been giving you some dreams and some definite interpretation and understanding about the times we're in. Um, Can we speak into that for just a little bit right now? You and I uh, were talking last week about a number that God had given you. And I thought that was very interesting. So can you kind of tie these things together, some of the dreams, some of the word that God has put into your spirit about preparation for the times we're in, where we're at, and maybe even that number that he shared with you concerning the year 5782. Right. Well, as as you know, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners know, we're in the, as far as the the Hebraic calendar or or the Hebrew, we're in the year, I I believe, 5781. Is that correct? That is correct. Right. So, of course, 5782 would be 
because their calendar is not like ours. It would be just starting this this fall, I guess, and um, you know, as opposed to the calendar that we're on. I don't know what is this, is it the Gregorian or whatever, but our calendar, which starts January through through December, so fifty seven eighty two would start this this uh, this fall, you know. But that number, what God showed me, I, I and and, I, and since since our conversation, I've been digging trying to find out where I saw that at, but. Uh, when I looked it up, uh, it said the word agony, and when and it said suffering, agony is suffering of body, mind, or spirit brought about by illness, death, or the judgment of God. And that was the um, uh, interpretation for going into the 782. As we know, and you and I have had the conversation off the air and maybe earlier this year about 5781, in which I shared uh, with our congregation going into this this year was uh, was the word distress. <laughs> and I do believe we've seen quite a bit of distress so far with what I'll share in a second, even possibly more to come before this year is over. So uh, I take no credit for that, um, like I said, but um uh, I you know I I am mindful when I hear I believe I hear the spirit of the Lord speaking I've also shared with you and on and on your program before uh I guess about a year ago uh I had a dream where I was I was in a building and someone came in I don't know the person I don't know any of the people in the dream other than myself and my and my son were the only two people I knew in this dream but uh, a gentleman ran in and said, um, it, it was a bomb. Uh, World War Three has started. And he, and, and he did explain it was like a suitcase bomb that had exploded here in America. And everybody began to, of course, run and panic and everything, and they lined up to get out of the building somewhat orderly on the left side and the right side. I got to land up on the right side, and as people were moving to go out the door and stuff, and everybody was panicked. I saw my son, and um, uh, you know he was safe. He was on the other side, and I woke up. And when I did wake up out of this dream that was in the afternoon, uh, my son was coming down the stairs, and I said, "What time is it?" And he said it was six oh two. And I don't have that in front of me, but I looked up in uh, Strong's Concordance. I think what six oh two, the number six oh two was, and everything. And it was it, it was somewhat significant as it related to the dream and stuff like that. But I do believe that, uh, you know, something sinister is, is, is going to happen. And, uh, you know, I've, I've even shared it with our congregation from the perspective, we need to be prepared, you know, for what may happen, whether it's an EMP or whatever, because we don't need to be like the, the foolish virgins, unprepared. We need to be prepared for whatever may go down. Amen to that. Amen to that. So when you look at the Hebrew numbers, 5781, 5782, um, you know, I take a perspective uh, from the Torah, the biblical calendar of God, that the first month of the new year is always in spring. Um, In the rabbinical calendar, in the civil calendar, they have it in the fall, Rosh Hashanah. And so you're saying 5782, which would either be this coming fall to the rabbinical or Next spring, right around March or April, would be the beginning of 5782, 
And that is the number that has to do with agony, suffering, illness, uh, through pestilence, death, through the judgment of God. I mean, that's very biblical. I mean, that lines up with scripture. And right now, the 5781 is the distress, the pressure, and pack your bags. So between now and either the fall or next spring, uh, if God's word is true and those numbers have significance and meaning, uh, there's going to be a lot of people in transition and uh, packing their bags and <clears throat> maybe finding a new place to dwell because of the things that are coming down the pike, which um, really speaks to that great tribulation. So uh, what else has God been showing you? What are you, where are we at? What are you, what are you tuning into? What are your, what's your frequency right now about these end times? Uh, not easy to speak, Pastor Jeff, because a lot of people out there are trying to put fear in people from saying anything about anything. Your thoughts? Absolutely. Uh, one of the things that I've been, the Lord has been speaking to me about is to maybe start, and my table is already full, but I have to be obedient to the Lord, is to possibly start a broadcast on, on, on my station where I'm kind of like the information guy, not me, but sharing what I get with, it, with everyone. And um, I do agree with you. I think the enemy is trying to put fear in, in, into everyone, but especially the body of Christ. And I'm really disappointed uh, with many in the body of Christ. This is not generic trying to say this person or that person or I'm better or anything, but I think we have, we in the body of Christ, this is the time, as, uh, uh, to, as, uh, as they say, to talk the talk and walk the walk. I mean, I, I believe if, if Jesus was here, he would be saying, uh, oh, ye of little faith, grow up, you know, uh, how long must I teach you, you know, and how long will you not do what I've taught you to do? And, I mean, I say that from the perspective that we quote the scripture from Timothy, you know, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind, but yet it's still we fear. And I'm not saying, you know, there's certain things we're all afraid of. That's, that's, that's not my point. But my point is, you know, we're, we're, we're so fearful of what the world can do and uh, but the Bible tells me greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So now do I really mean that or am I just quoting that? Am I really, you know, now is the time, you know, I was in the military for four years and you, you have to go through basic training to prepare you if you go get in a war. And I believe the war is on. And now is the time to, uh, to come out of our arsenal, out of our bag with what we've been taught. What uh, what we've taught others as pastors and what we've been taught, now it's time to put up a shut up, and that's just kind of how I feel it. I mean, we 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 uh, we've got to quote the word, we've got to stand on the word, we've got to get in the presence of God, we've got to pray more, we've got to develop small groups, we got to prepare because I think the season of the mega church is 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 pretty much over, or even the smaller church eventually with all of the censorship and everything. Uh, God has shown me years ago, uh, church in America is going to kind of go underground like we've seen on commercials years ago overseas because of the persecution that's coming, and it's here. So I just think it's time. I'm not angry. I just think it's time for us to stand together, to come together, uh, and, I, and I've studied the model that Jesus did. Jesus didn't use a lot of people. He started off with a few people. He only had 12 disciples, and one was a Judas, and, and three were, were his inner circle. So we don't, need, we don't need to wait. Well, I need to get 
uh, uh, a majority to do this. No, I think we need to just start with, with a few people doing what God tells us to do, and it will begin to spread to the, to the four corners of the, of the earth. Amen. So what I'm hearing is you're talking is, a, is patterning after Christ that in these last days, as it was in the beginning, so shall it be in the end, that the mega churches, the organized religious system, and so much energy and finance that has gone into what we call church and religion today uh, has not really produced the fruit that God is looking for and certainly hasn't prepared the people to go through the most difficult times on this earth that Jesus said has never been before and will never be again. And it is risky business because people can fall away. They could take the mark of the beast. They could lose their soul. They could have their name blotted out of the book of life. And yet that's really not taught to encourage the fear of the Lord, a healthy fear of the Lord. Um, What an amazing time to be alive right now. It's as though each individual has to do everything in their own power to maintain uh, their stay in the vine, right? Well, I mean, you're—I mean, you're spot on. I mean, you didn't even know this because we hadn't talked about this. Uh, but this past Sunday, my message was was about the fear of the Lord, and I was talking about the fear of the Lord brings blessing. And I talked about how we've gotten away from the fear of the Lord. And, and, and briefly, I, I even gave gave the congregation an analogy. When I grew up many years ago, I'm six, well, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm I'm 64, so as as, as a little kid, it was in the, in the in the 60s. And when I was a teenager, you know, hey, teenagers do teenager things. I mean, it was nothing. I didn't rob anything, but but you know, hanging out with my boys in the in the neighborhood, and we just going to the store or whatever, and you know, my mouth, you know, we're talking and using some potty mouth stuff maybe. But we passed by a church, man, and every you know myself or others go, hey, man. You know, we can't do that. There's a church. Now, once you pass the church, we started back. But that was, and I explained to, to my congregation, that was reverence because we were taught in our homes to reverence God and the things of God and the symbols of God. And I, we've lost that. I mean, there, there is no fear or reverential awe of God. There's a, uh, I live in Virginia, as I just told you. And thank God the guy didn't win. But there was a candidate. We just they just had the the uh, primaries yesterday or whatever. But there was a my wife and I was sitting here watching a, a commercial came on and the candidate was talking about how uh, uh, you know shootings. It was a Democratic candidate, and and he was you know he he's anti-gun and everything. But but his point was that uh, there there had been a lot of shootings. This was in his sixty-second uh, commercial and. He uh, he was so derogatory because he he, uh, he showed a clip of I think it was Schumer and then it was uh, I think President Trump and President Trump said we should pray and uh, tr- uh, Schumer said and our thoughts and prayers and and the bottom line this candidate goes uh, I'm sick of thoughts and prayers we need to do more we don't need we don't need thoughts and prayers anymore pretty much that's what uh, the paraphrase what he said and I'm going like my goodness. Yeah, we don't need we don't need prayer anymore. And so, like I told them, I said that's the problem. We kicked God uh, God out of our uh, out of our schools. We uh, as far as prayer, and we've done all of this, and we don't reverence God. And 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 I think that's what we've got to get back to teaching to. But to touch on what you said, 
as you were, as you, as you were replying to what I said about the mega churches again. I'm not putting them down. I'm not, as they say, throwing shade or try to hate or do anything like that. But my point is, it doesn't even have to be a mega church. But there's a there's a couple of churches in this area that I'm familiar with. They are already saying we're going to have a women's conference this fall. I mean, it's business as usual, and I understand we shouldn't be in fear. But the point is. They're not even aware of what I'm about to share with you, and you probably have heard it, but I'm going to you know, share a couple of these points about things to come. They're not even educating or informing their congregations about that. Hey, the pandemic is over to normal. You know, I had a conversation with a pastor friend of mine. I told him it's like a baseball game, and it starts raining, and they delay, it's a rain delay. And then once the rain delay is over, you go back to, you go back to exactly where you were before, you know, the two runners on base, uh, the man at the plate, two balls, two strikes, everything resumes exactly where it was. And that's, what I think, where we want to do today. Let's get back to normal. But it's not over. It's even going to get worse. But, no, but, but I don't hear people, I don't hear church, some, I mean, I'm not saying they're, they're, everyone isn't, but there's more who aren't informing, educating, telling people, saying, listen, <laughs> This is what's going on. They're not addressing it, man. They're going back to right. Hey, okay, we had a brief uh, respite with the uh, with the COVID. Now let's just let's just get back to what we were doing. Let's get back to these fundraisers. Let's get back to having the conferences. Let's do. And I'm not against conferences, but <laughs> uh, 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 be like Issachar, discern the times and the seasons. That's what I'm. That's that's that. That's how I feel. Hey Amen. Keep going. I mean, it's just break loose whatever it is in your heart you want to share with the body. They're listening. Okay. Well, I want to share, like, like I, I had said, um, you know, I want to start this broadcast probably, you know, just giving uh, the body of Christ information. There's several stories. First, I don't know if you talked about this earlier this week, but Mike Adams, we both know him. Uh, uh, did you talk about the one where he says that the CC, CCP, uh, Communist Chinese Party, is planning a major attack on USA this year? No, I have not. Go ahead. I, I've, I've been away from most of that, so you go and release. Okay. This came out this past Friday, June 4th. Mike Adams, uh, the Health Ranger. You can go to, I guess, healthranger.com. He has a lot of great information. Uh, he, the article is entitled, Communist Chinese Party planning major attack on USA this year. Uh, then he goes on and says bioweapons, and, and, and this is how he says they're going to do it, bioweapons, cyber war, kamikaze drones, and infrastructure sabotage. And he said over the last 48 hours he had received a flood of intel from sources both private and public indicating that China is moving up its timetable of a long-planned attack on the U.S. Uh, United States of America. Uh, he says, in reality, the biological warfare phase of the attack is already underway, having begun in 2019 with the deliberate release of the SARS-CoV-2 coronavirus, followed by direct interference in rigging the 2020 election and installing CCC puppet, you know, who as a temporary occupant of the White House. And he says, now, here's the part, he says, due to the rapid emergence of evidence showing Fauci conspired with the CCP to fund gain-of-function development and build a biological weapon that attacks human ACE2 receptor sites, China is accelerating its own timetable to take down the U.S. before such investigations can conclusively place the blame for COVID on China's communist regime. 
Hmm. And lastly on that, uh, I don't know if it was him, but I, but I, uh, there was an article, I think that was from, from Dave Hodges, similar to that, saying that uh, there's a, um, a gentleman from China who has bought over 100,000 acres of land in Texas near one of our military bases. And he's, he's supposedly going to build an airstrip there. So it's kind of nefarious plans there. So that's just one, um, one uh, article. But my second article kind of ties into this article about the infrastructure sabotage because the second article says cyber polygon. I'm thinking, what's a polygon? Is that something from math? <laughs> but P-O-L-Y-G-O-N. Cyber Polygon 2021 to stage supply chain attack simulation. And this is supposed to take place, uh, ironically, a month from today, July 9th. The World Economic Forum, and we're, and we're familiar with that. So uh, what's his name? Swap, Klaus, uh, Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab, yeah. Klaus Schwab, yeah. Yeah, the tongue twister. Together with Russia's uh, Esper Bank, and its cybersecurity subsidiary announced that a new global cyber attack simulation is going to be conducted on July 9th to instruct participants in the development of safe ecosystems by what they're going to do is simulate a supply chain cyber attack that would test cyber resilience of exercise participants. On the recently updated event website, the simulation called Cyber Polygon 2021 ominously warns that given digitalization trends driven largely by the COVID-19 crisis, a single vulnerable link is enough to bring down everything, the system as well as the domino effect, adding that a safe approach to digital development today will determine the future of humanity in the coming decades. So they're going to do basically uh, uh, stage this simulation which is what uh, the article goes on to say. I won't read everything for you know for time constraints, but but it's just like what happened on October 18th of 2019 in New York. There was an event similar to when well, it wasn't similar as as in um, what it, uh, what this one is going to do. But there was a a a, a pre-staged event called Event 201, and it was sponsored by the John Hopkins Center for Health Security. Uh, the World Economic Forum with Swab again, and guess who the third peop- uh, group that uh, co-sponsored Event 201? Oh, it was Bill and Melinda Gates. Mm-hmm. And that was the exercise where in October on October 18th of 2019, three or four months before COVID hit, they did this this kind of a, a simulation. simulation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 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 during the response to a severe pandemic in order to diminish large-scale economic and societal consequences. So they staged a fake pandemic-type scenario to see what happened. And and when you can go to that, uh, any of you could type in Event 201, Event 201, and it gives you a whole bunch of information on on all, all the results that they had, how the media was involved, and the whole nine yards. So my point is not to put us in fear, but these things are happening behind the scenes. So, uh, you know, fool me once, shame on me or whatever. I mean, if they did it at 201 and then uh, COVID hit with this cyber polygon, and we've already been seeing uh, 
what, cyber attacks on the pi- uh, pipelines and stuff like that, expect something else to happen is, is, is my conclusion regarding that. Your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. And the meat market, uh, one of the largest meat uh, packaging companies in the world was just hit with a cyber attack. I'll tell you what's so interesting about what you're sharing right now, because immediately as you were talking about this simulation or simulation that they're producing on July 9th, I thought about the uh, October um, 20, whatever it was you just mentioned, uh, October 18th, right, um, that they were doing the same thing. And then just a few months later, it happened. Uh, last night, we have a, just kind of a little deck, and about 1.30 in the morning, just couldn't sleep. Uh, went out on the deck and uh, laid down on uh, a little lawn chair. And uh, fortunately, I could look straight up into the sky, into the heavens. And as I was contemplating everything up there, the stars were out. It was a beautiful evening. It was very uh, kind of humid here in northwest Arkansas right now. And I was kind of praying and just talking with the Lord in my heart, and he reminded me, how many, many years ago, nearly 30 years ago now, how I had actually had a vision of being taken up into space. And so I'm looking at it with my eyes and I'm thinking, man, I've been up there. And how when I was there, I looked down and I saw the earth and it was dark and there were a few little lights on here and there. And I was thinking about this all last night in the home fellowships and how there was an EMP or there were, the lights were out, regardless of how whether a bomb or, you know, simulation of uh, cyber, you know, warfare, um, we're, we're very close to somebody. That's my thought. We're very, very close. And all these warnings for so many years from Congress to all the different agencies of Homeland Security that have been warning people for many, many years. And I have to believe that behind the scenes, the globalists have a little plan to continue on. Um, but we do know that the Bible is very plain that by the time we get to a great tribulation, half this population on the earth right now is going to be gone. And through a lights out scenario, a pandemic, um, you know, war, these things are very powerful tools that God has foretold us about in his word. And it is the enemy that is uh, possessing and utilizing these tools. That's my thought to what you're saying. Well, well, I agree, and, and, and Pastor Vincent, that the thing is what God, is, I believe, is showing me through various, you know, through, of course, through the Word and through the Holy Spirit and just through whatever means he wants to is the enemy is not us. The enemy is Satan, and, and the enemy is he, – he's always so, you know, subtle and cunning, and, he, and he's always trying to divide and conquer and pit people against one another. But not only that, he's he he he's prideful. That's of course we know we got him kicked out of heaven. I I will exalt I I. And his pride, he, to me, he's playing his hand right now. I mean, I don't watch a lot of TV, but basically, Satan is so uh, boastful about what he's trying to do. I mean, he's not even trying to hide the fact that the that he that the enemy is trying to depopulate. The world. He's not even trying to hide the fact that they're using predictive programming, where people have heard where the symptoms have done, and it's, it's come true. Basically, one show that I do that I have watched on 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 secular TV is, is the show NC the the NCIS franchise, 
And, of course, there's different ones, the one with Mark Harmon, the main one. But then there's the one with uh, 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 O'Connell and, and LL Cool J, the NCISLA. What I want to say, there's two episodes in this season where the enemy is basically, if you use discernment and you watch it, what I'm about to tell you is they're showing to the world what they're doing. The two episodes were it was the episode Imposter Syndrome, and the second episode was Through the Looking Glass. The Imposter Syndrome, they exposed, which I had never heard. I talked to my son and some others. I don't know if you've heard of this, Deep Fake. And it's where we remember where people thought that Biden wasn't really Biden and it was somebody else. And that's where they can deep fake. Basically, they could take, they can record your, my voice or your voice and, and, and put like kind of like a, a dummy or something. And people see it and they think it's me or you, but it's really not us. It's a deep fake. They, the, the, this episode, Imposter Syndrome, exposed that whole thing. And I go, wow. But the most telling one, was episode 17 called Through the Looking Glass. And Through the Looking Glass exposed false flags. Basically, the NCIS was working with the CIA on a case. And the CIA uh, basically uh, duped NCIS because they explained to them at the end of the show that we had to, we, uh, we played you because we were dealing with a foreign entity and tried to prove to the foreign government that we were, the CIA was, hey, we're, you know, we're with you and everything like that. So they, they showed in this episode how they staged someone was killed, but it was actually the person really wasn't killed, but they, but they showed it like they were killed. Then they replaced it with, 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 with dummies and the whole thing. I mean, they, they, they laid it out there, and I'm going like, Wow. But they're they're actually putting this out there, and they were saying, "Well, the CIA does it all the time." Yeah, and I'm thinking, like, man, they don't. It, it, it you know the networks they don't care because they're like, what are people gonna you know do? They don't you know it's gonna either go over their heads or whatever. And so stuff that's happening is playing out. Is they're showing us this in movies and TV and whatever. You know, I mean, Terminator that we saw years ago. As we know, that's, that, that, that's where the globalists want to take it, to transhumanism. I mean, so that I'm saying about the churches, we need, to be, we need to be informing our congregations and everyone, uh, whether it's in small group settings or what. We need to let them know what's going on because there are so many people. When I, like I told you that when I was sharing some of the stuff on Sunday, some of the people that I, in, in my congregation were like, wow, I didn't know that. Hmm. Yeah. You know, so I think uh, the Bible says, I don't think, but the Bible says we perish for lack of knowledge. And we need to know, not to scare, but to know. Amen. Pastor Jeff, as you're talking, two scriptures came to my mind. Isaiah chapter 14, uh, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. And then in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 
uh, the same description in verse 3, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin, Lucifer, be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he is God, sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. It kind of come to my mind when you, you know, it's just outspoken. I'm not hiding my agenda. It's like Satan is saying, I'm not hiding the fact that I will be God. I'm going to oppose everything that is God. And this is now out in the open. And while there's opposition, you wonder, where is the church to resist? Where are the people of God to stand in the gap right now and to oppose this mighty opposer of things? And uh, we need to have that awakening, don't we? No doubt. I mean, uh, and I think it, it's, it's like if I was waiting for you and you're waiting for me and Bob's waiting for this person. And I think it's, you know, for like a group, a big group. And again, whether it was with Gideon or whether it was with uh, uh, others, other examples in the Bible, you know, it's not, I don't think it's going to be a massive army because people then will want to say, look what this movement did. I mean, it's going to have to be, nobody did it but God. Jesus did it. He did it, and we got to call on him. But I want to tie into that. I want to give you my my last article, tying into what you were just saying about worshiping and stuff like that. <laughs> and this is from Now the End Begins. It says the article says, uh, "Days of Noah, stunning new 112 foot visitor attraction called the Giant, using advanced technology to make a 20 nation tour in." 2021. And basically, uh, it says the most exciting visitor attraction concept of the 21st century has been launched, entitled The Giant. It features the world's tallest moving statue. The Giant was conceived by the Giant Company based in Dublin, Ireland. And then, it, of course, it, it, uh, in this article, they give scripture talking about how it was in the days of Noah, you know, from Matthew 24, and then they go back to Genesis 6. But listen to the explanation of this giant statue. And it takes me, Pastor, to Daniel, where they created the statue, uh, and they wanted people to worship the giant statue. But listen to this. From Broadway World, supported by Enterprise Ireland, the concept of the giant includes a multi-story statue mounted on a plinth housing an exhibition. Here we go. Listen, the statue will be embedded with millions of addressable LED pixels, giving it, the statue, the ability to instantly take the form of any person from historical figures such as Albert Einstein or famous woman Amelia Earhart to stars of today from Lionel Messi to Beyonce. Each hour, the giant will transform into each country's national heroes and celebrities. The giant's arms and head can move to a diversity of positions, and the images of the men and women appearing on the statue can speak or sing. (laughs) And it goes on and on. But that's just uh, worship, you know, worship the statue. That's what that, and like I said, it, it reminds me of, uh, the days of Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel. We will not worship. We will. What did they do? They prayed. Daniel. He prayed three times a day. They came and found him praying. And then, so that, so to me, that's an example of the church. Man, we got to pray. We got to get in position because these things are happening 
right before our eyes, right behind us, uh, 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 without our knowledge. But once we do know, now we need to know what, what does God say? What's the antidote per, per, per scripture? How do they deal with it? Because there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. So with that being said, Revelation chapter 13, I know you knew this, but it also, because we're talking about the Great Tribulation period, where it talks about in verse 15, and he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image mm. of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And wow. so here you have the second beast, um, who's, uh, and he says he does great wonders. He makes fire come down out of heaven in the sight of men. He deceives them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles, which he had power to do in the sight of the first beast. Uh, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast, which had the wound by a sword and did live. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw the ancient uh, heroes or the ancient, um, you know, satanic cult that has existed in this world since the beginning of time, um, maybe even Nimrod going all the way back in time. Only God knows. But, yeah, there it is. That's actually happening. My goodness. And 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 this uh, uh, statue thing is going to be on, on tour through 21 cities throughout the world. This year, 2021. This year. It's going to start this year. And like I said, for time constraints, I didn't read all of it, but visitors are going to be able to stand on the shoulders, it says, and you're going to be able to take selfies, and they're going to have virtual reality, artificial intelligence, the whole nine yards, and, and people are going to be amazed. Wow. About this, you know, so. And they, uh, lastly, they said people going to, you know, companies are even going to be able to franchise this. So I see this kind of like being part like a Disney or, or or Universal or something. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to imagine with today's artificial intelligence and technology, which is a biblical reality of the last days, to, uh, knowledge would increase or explode all over the world, which it has that the things that were written in scripture are now actually becoming reality. And again, this should quicken the pace of every true believer in Jesus Christ, that we are in the last days, the last moments of these times. And we're being geared into, we're being literally driven into the greatest tribulation, which is the devil against everything called God, and the Christian body of Christ, it needs to wake up because this world is going to hate Christians. And the only way Christians will avoid that is by kind of, uh, you know, friendshipping the world and becoming the very enemy of God. These are desperate times, and a lot of people are not prepared. I wonder how prepared we all really are. Yeah, I mean, something I've got to research, and when I say it, you know, the Holy Spirit may quicken into you because I haven't had time because I was getting ready to come on. But I had heard that. Uh, here in my area, here in the Washington, D.C. area, I don't know if you've heard this, birds are mysteriously dropping out of the air, dying. I just heard this this, this morning. Birds, I mean, they're different, different various species. They're just, they're in the Washington, the greater Washington, D.C. area, Washington, D.C. Uh, general, and in Arlington, which is, you know, like a suburb of Northern Virginia of D.C., uh, birds are just falling. I mean, they're, they're finding like tons of, um, you know, hundreds of birds on the ground dead, and they don't know why. They're just dying, fall, dropping from the sky. People have seen them fall from the sky and just die. 
So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do some research on it. I know that if you thought immediately thought of a scripture in the you know last days end times, but it is it's it's <laughs> we're in the last days as you said in the last minutes, man. I, and, and I don't have time to uh, try to plan five years, ten years, you know, uh, vision plans. You know, and again, people can do what they want to. I'm not trying to tell people how to run their lives or anything, but as a you know, a pastor, I I have been a visionary and stuff like that, and I believe God did. You know, we should plan to an extent. But I heard a guy the other day say something, and it really stuck with me as a football player. And he was saying, "Well, are you going to go to the Super Bowl?" He said, "Well, right now we're just trying to win the day," and I and and that just really stuck with me. I think as a Christian, win the day. Take no thought for tomorrow. For tomorrow has enough words for itself. I'm just Amen. trying to I'm just trying to worship God today, live for today, pray for people for today, right now. I'm not gonna Amen. worry myself about tomorrow. I'm just gonna be in the moment, the right now, because there's enough issues right now that we need to be praying about, seeking God, being in His presence. You know, because if I take my eyes off of Jesus, I'm lost. I'm messed up, and I believe all of us are. So. We just got to continue to focus on him, continue to hear from him, get instructions, direction, insight, revelation, all of those. And and, and it's no time to uh, to, uh, to play about it. We got to do it. Either you, either I'm in or I'm out. And I'm all Amen. in. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. I love it. Um <clears throat> Well, I think that's just a sobering reality for everybody right now to really uh, pay attention. I think the uh, these times, for some reason, and I don't understand why, but I think people are becoming ashamed of saying we're in the last days. And I think it's because in the last days, scoffers will come and they're going to scoff at the whole idea of the last days, saying it's always been this way. And I think uh, some people in the church are kind of siding with the mockery and the scoffing of the world who do not have the mind of Christ. They don't have the intelligence of God, the wisdom of God. So they're reluctant to say we're living in the last days. But Pastor Jeff, if the things that are going on in this world are not biblical signs of the times that Jesus said we should be paying attention to, then I don't know where it would ever be. I mean, from Israel becoming a nation to technology exploding to people traveling all over the world, these are Bible, end-time Bible prophecies calling good evil, evil good, evil men waxing worse and worse. I mean, it's so absolutely right in our face. Why wouldn't every true believer and every Christian that reads your Bible understand what time it is right now? And it's a mystery to me. Well, I think we've been so mesmerized by the media. I mean, again, like I started off saying, I was in, 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 in media and, uh, but it has changed since the eighties and stuff like that to an extent. But, I just think, you know, they've done a fantastic job of convincing people. And I mean, you know, I've got so many friends, whether they're 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 pastors or just not pastors, whatever, who they live. I don't want to use the term live and die by CNN and MSNBC and, and the media, major media, and they they just can't fathom that they can't fathom that they could be perverted or or, or corrupt. They they don't want to believe that they you know they they have this back in the day Walter Cronkite year, era the sixties seventies where you got your news and you you know he, he's the most trusted news person or whatever but now they don't understand with the twenty four seven news cycle 
it's all about ratings. It's all about hype. It's all about uh, agendas. It's all about uh, uh, taking the payoffs, corrupt the, the, the whole nine yards. So, therefore, what they tell you don't ne- is not necessarily true. But people believe that, and they continue to hammer that and hammer that. I mean, I don't know how many uh, people I know said, but but the science as it relates to COVID and the vaccines, but the science, but the science. I mean, I was telling people about a certain person with his emails we know now. Hey, man, why do you believe this? But because he said it, you know, put no trust in man. I mean, I always take it back to Scripture with people, the mm-hmm. ones that know me, my closest friend. Hey, what do the words say? That, that's the type of person I am. What does the word say? But it doesn't look, I don't care what it looks like. <laughs> what does the word say? That, and, and a lot of people don't want to do that. I mean, we, they, they're going to be like, well, hey, I, I believe the word and such and such, but they're, going to, but, but they're going to make concessions and say, but. And it's like my wife always says, get, get your butt out of the way because that gets us in trouble. <laughs> you know, Amen. but there is no but with God. There is no but. If we're going to follow him, either you are or you aren't. And stuff. So that's kind of, I think, where we are as far as the, a lot of people, you know, they, 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 they believe it. They believe that the media couldn't lie. The media couldn't do this. Probably, you know, they, they, what, no, they, they're there to give us the truth and information, and not necessarily. Amen. Amen. Pastor Jeff, it's been an honor to be with you today. Uh, we're going over just a little bit today. Uh, Pastor Jeff Bass, River Christian Center, 25 years in the pastoral ministry. Uh, radio station is The Lift, and you could find that at liftchrist.com or .org. Lift Christ, L-I-F-T-C-H-R-I-S-T dot com or .org, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Tune into it. Check it out. Support that ministry. Support Pastor Jeff Bass. If you can, saints of God, send an offering. Just bless him for uh, doing God's work. Bless he and his family, D, and for the work of the Lord. Thank you for sharing the information that you did with us today, Pastor Jeff. We appreciate you, and may God fulfill the things that he's put in your heart to do, these small groups, these gathering togethers. Uh, I know it's difficult uh, to find cooperation, but There will be a season of release where things will begin to flow together by the Spirit of the Lord. God will connect you with the right people to get the job done. And I want to thank you so much for tuning in today, sharing your heart with us. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we get off the air today? Well, no, other than uh, Pastor Vincent, you're a good friend. Uh, It's great uh, being in relationship with you. And I just, as always, thank you for giving me the opportunity to be on and to share what I believe God has given me and what's going on and to inform the people. And I, I pray that we continue to, to, you know, do things together that God continues to use us to do what he's called us to do in this season. And I, and let everyone know, I do pray, you know, for us that our eyes will be enlightened. I pray the prayers of Paul in Ephesians and Colossians for all of us that we will see and we will not be deceived. Amen. God bless you. What a great way to go. Pastor Jeff Bass, thank you so much, my friend, for tuning in today. We're going to, uh, I've got some friends that are commenting on the uh, the YouTube and Facebook. Sorry for Blog Talk Radio. We had to, uh, a one-hour program. Let me just say good afternoon. And boy, that thing about the giant, David Ellison says, all media is scripted from Washington, D.C., CNN. And yes, the voice, uh, what do they call it? The media is the mouthpiece of the devil. In many ways, it truly is. 
the giant, David said, that Pastor Jeff was talking about can even upload a picture of you making a giant selfie. That is really bizarre. We're going to hear a lot more about that as time goes by. See you, everybody. I want you to have a super blessed day. We'll see you manana right now on Omega Radio, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, omegaradio.org. There's a roundtable discussion. This one you're not going to want to miss. It was Patricia Joy Xavier and a number of her friends talking about some serious deliverance issues. You may want to tune in if you need some encouragement today. God bless you. This is Pastor Vince. We'll see you tomorrow. Shalom.